Today's scripture reading is from the the book of 1 John, the third chapter, 19th through the 24th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able to stand, please do so. This is how we know that we belong in the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have the confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask. Because we have his commands and do what he pleases, do what pleases him. And this is how, this is his command. To believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. This is the word of the Lord. We're continuing our systematic study in the first of John's epistles, his, his, his letters. Last time we looked at the 16th to the 18th verses of the third chapter. Uh, that portion of text was the second of three sections on the subject of love and hatred. Uh, we saw how John explained that our actions trump our words every time when it comes to love. You know, as the old adage goes, action speaks louder than words. John was uh, very explicit with that, uh, that what we do uh, is an indication of who we are. Um, And so that's all the more true when it comes to love. As we saw in the 16th verse, Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Um, With Jesus as the perfect example, we're called to act in the same way. So verse 17 uh, goes on to say, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Pretty explicit pretty direct. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And unless you think that he was only speaking uh, theoretically, he concludes this section by saying, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So having dealt with what love is in verses 16 through 19, and what love is not, in verses 11 through 15, John brings the discussion home to where we are, and uh, as as the Bible tends to do, makes it very personal. Verse 19, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Maybe it's just the people I associate with, maybe in my role as, as uh, shepherd, um, father, husband. But there seems to be now, in 2013, an exponential increase in the level of, of anxiety. There just seems to be a, a, a heightened level of anxiousness um, inside and outside the church. Just anxiety. Just, just, what's wrong? I don't know. Or maybe you can point to 10 or 20 things that you just, but, but there's just a, a, an unsettledness. It, it, 
To me, it's beyond finance, it's beyond jobs, it's even beyond relationships. Again, maybe it's just me. But what John is giving is practical instruction on Christian living. See, this is, this is, this is like, where do you live? This is, I'm, I'm going to deal with where we live. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. It, it, point. Notice John isn't writing about feeling. He said, this is how we know. This is not how we feel. This is, this, is, this is how we know. Feelings can be transient. They can fool us. You know, I, mean? you know, I like Charlie Brown. Uh, uh, but again, that, that, that wonderful uh, cartoon, The Christmas Carol, Charlie Brown, he's, 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 he's bearing his soul to Linus, and he says, I know I should feel happy during this time of Christmas, but I don't. There must be something wrong with me. See, actually, there was, there was, there, there, there was something wrong on one level with Charlie Brown, but, but he knew well enough. He said, something's not right because I don't feel Christmassy. And there are those, those dry patches, if you will, in our lives as Christians. We just don't feel. See, Jesus said, I, peace I give you. See, not the, wor- not the kind of peace that the world gives, you know, that kind of that transient, phony, baloney, plastic banana kind of peace. But, but, but no, real peace. I'm giving you real peace. But then how come sometimes, it just more often than not, of late, I'm just not feeling peaceful? See? The problem is our knowledge of the truth doesn't always translate into lived-out truth and ultimately peace. See, see, we, 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 may, we may, you know, well, you know, today I feel, I feel kind of peaceful, you know, so things are going well. Well, tomorrow I don't, I don't feel so peaceful. Well, I may even know that, I, I, I may know, I just, I just may know that, yes, uh, God is the prince of peace, that, that, that he is the source of all my peace, but it's just not working its way out into my life right now, right here. See, this is obviously true when we're, when we're uh, um, you think about it, when we're speeding. See, you know that the, the speed limit on the freeway is uh, whatever the sign is posted, be it 55 or 65. You know that. You know that. But there are times when you, even though you know what the law says, you know what it says, why are you driving 75? Well, I, I know what it says, but this is the way I'm behaving. And there could be any number of reasons why we, we do what we do or feel what we feel, but you know what the law says. See, But even when we act disobediently to speeding laws or to God's law, there are times when I know, I know God said that, that, that he will never leave me or forsake me. I know that, and I believe it, but I, 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 I just, uh, I'm just not feeling it right now. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not feeling it. I, what's, what's, what's wrong with me, as Charlie Brown would say? I like the way the message version uh, reads on this 19th verse. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly living in God's reality. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism even when there is something to it. 
See, maybe you're better than I am, but, the, but I, I, I've been there. I, I, I've been right there where, uh, you know, it, there may be something to me feeling the way I do. See, but, 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 but what John is speaking about, oh, no, no, God doesn't want you to, to live there. He wants, he wants you to uh, be in a position where that stuff is shut down. See, what am I saying? Well, I'm, this is what I'm saying. The evil one doesn't like you. Evil one doesn't, he doesn't love you, and he definitely doesn't like you. And so he's going to constantly get you to doubt about who you are and whose you are. Always. Well, you know, uh, uh, who do you think you are? Uh, you know what you've done. Uh, uh, see, and then that's when doubt enters in. Oh, you think you're all that. Oh, well, you're, you, now you're doing this. You think that's going to cover up for all of these other things that we know. We, and so all of those things start to flood our minds and, 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 and our, our, our spirit. And, we, and, and that's the job of the evil one. The evil one doesn't like you. And his job is to, he can't take your soul, but what he can do is to undercut your ministry and to undercut your ability to be effective communicators of the gospel. So if I can get you to feel bad about who you are and whose you are, then you're going to be silent on your job, in the checkout line, at, in the grocery store, when you're pumping gas, in those, those, those potential engagements with the world where light intersects darkness, where salt comes with blandness, where we should be standing and affirming the reality that is the gospel, and we're going to sit there and say, boy, you look pretty sad, but you know what? I feel pretty sad myself, so we're just going to pump gas here on nine, you're on eight, and we're just going to look sad together. I got nothing. I got nothing. Wait, wait, no, you have everything. You, you, you have, why, why are you, why are you doubting this? See, see, I like the way the message version puts it again. This is the only way. This is the only, see, you, you could try, you, you could, this is the only way. See, it's, I've, I can't even count the number of times I've gone to the doctor and, uh, you know, I've self-diagnosed myself. I go there and I say, well, you know, this is what I'm feeling, this is da-da-da-da-da. And they prescribe something, and I kind of half follow what the doctor does. And then I get angry because, you know, well, the doctor, you know, he or she didn't know what they were doing. It says, but did you do what the prescription called for? Well, I did it, you know, well, the, the short answer is no. See, and so, so when the Bible is very prescriptive about this is the only way we'll know we're truly living, we're living truly, living in God's reality, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand that, but. No, there's no but. There is no but. This, let, let's, 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 let's plow forward. Um, even when there's something to the doubt, to our doubt, you know, again, I'm not all that, our relationship with God is never broken. What did I do to be the son? What did, what, did, what did Mark do to cause himself to become the son of Reuben and Henrietta? Not one thing. Not one thing. They came together some 1958, uh, 57, and, and came together, and it's like, we're going to come together, and voila, through God's grace and mercy, Mark was born. So what could I do to not be the son of Reuben and Henrietta? Well, let me answer that for you. Nothing. As Paul wrote to the church at Rome, 
But in all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. Verses 38 and 39 goes on to say, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or any other thing is, that is created. So what's your point? Well, here's my point. If we are his, and that's a big if, you know, two-letter word that swings a big door. If we are, if we are his, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Well, how about this? Nothing. What about nothing don't you understand? There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. If, if, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So what's the takeaway? Well, as Paul wrote in the fifth chapter of his same letter to the Romans, but God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ didn't die for me when I thought I had it together because if you were waiting for that, we'd all be in big trouble and I'd still be waiting because I didn't have it together then, I don't have it together now. He died for us. God, God sent his son to die on our behalf when, when Jesus and obedience and love and anything of God was the furthest thing from our mind. That's when he died for us. It wasn't predicated on me obeying. See, see now, now it's, it's, it's tantamount to a, to a feast. If, 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 if I present the feast, if I, if I have a meal, I'm calling you. I want you to come, enjoy the meal. Well, I still have to come and enjoy the meal, but I didn't do anything to prepare the meal. I did nothing, nothing, but I still have to eat the meals. Well, see, that's why Paul, Paul continues. So now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him, Romans 5, 8 and 9. It's our relationship that brings certainty. It's our relationship that brings certainty. It's not our actions. It's definitely not my feelings. Well, I feel like doing something today, next week or tomorrow or 30 minutes from now, I may feel like not doing it. So it's not based on my feelings. It's based on my relationship. And with my relationship uh, with him, I want to please him. So that's why John is able to write, getting back to our portion of scripture in the 20th verse, for God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. I am so thankful for that verse. God is greater than Mark's worried heart and knows more about me than I do about myself. Just insert yourself in that, in the, in that, in that, in that truth. He knows more. I've said it before, I share it again. There are things that you wouldn't tell your best friend. You, you, there are things in your past that you would not tell your best friend for a million billion dollars. You just said, no, mm -mm, no, I'm going to the grave with that one. See, the beauty of it is, though, God already knows. And he didn't, see, he didn't pinch his, his godlike nose and say, boy, you stink. No, no, he's, he's like, that's why I sent my son. That was the whole point. Not for you to just do the best you can, for you to try and clean yourself up, to, you know, to, to just figure it out on your own. No, no, no. I sent my son on your behalf. So now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at you to measure up. You couldn't measure up before. You're not going to measure up now. So all you have to do is 
live in that relationship. See, Adam and Eve had it wrong. Instead of running from God, after they made the mistake they did, instead of running from him, they should have run to him. Oh, Adam, where are you? God knew where he was. I'm not asking physically where you are. I know where you're at. Where are you? Where, where are you? Naked, covered up with some leaves, and I'm kind of hunkered down, trying to avoid you. That's what I'm doing right now, <laughs> if you want to really want to know. Boy, how true is that for us in our lives. There are those times when we just want to hunker down, and don't, don't you pull the cover over our heads and hope nobody finds us, especially God. Just leave me alone. Just, just, you, just, just let me be. We do the same thing. See? When things aren't right, we, 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 we hide. When things are well, we tend to overreact. It's like, oh, well, you know, see, see how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm doing I'm this. I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. It's just like, wow, is it really? I mean, it's like, you know, try the decaf next time. It's like, but, but that's, that's, that's because it's based on your feeling. And you feel amped up, and you feel like you can run through, you know, and said, Peter said, let's, let's just build three tabernacles. Let's just, let's, oh, let's do something. And Jesus is like, oh, calm down. Just calm down. Just, just be in me. Listen to me. Be in me. So as John continues with verse 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask. See? A clear conscience enables a Christian to enjoy a confident spiritual relationship with God. I wish I had said that. That's some theologian. Um, a clear conscience enables the Christian to enjoy a confident spiritual relationship with God. When things, you know, just think of the, your own relationship with your significant other, or your, your spouse, or your kids. When, when you know there's nothing going on in your mind, your relationship with that person is, is it's, it's good. It's, it's good. But when there's something going on, when there's, there's something, you don't have to say a thing. You just know in your mind, in your spirit, there's something just not right. It will leak out. You cannot help but be who you are. And it will, it will, it will evidence itself. So, two points, and I'm almost done. First is, we have confidence not to ignore the Holy Spirit when we're wrong, but to recognize God isn't condemning us. The Holy Spirit will guide us. He will teach us when we are wrong, when we're off base. But God isn't playing whack-a-mole with us, waiting for you to pop up so I can smack you with a mallet. Those of you who've been to Chuck E. Cheese, you've seen Whack-A-Mole. Uh, that's not what God is doing. That, that, that's not what is God is. See, God is, he, he lives in the believer to, to move us from where we are to where he wants us. And in doing that in, this, in, this, in a non-condemning but a very direct and loving way, he is, he is trying to instill in us and, and provide for us that confidence that we sorely lack. The reason why we're not confident in our faith is because we're not confident in our relationship. See, we don't, we don't, we don't behave in the way God would have us because we really don't, it, truth be told, if we really pull back the curtain, there's, a, there's, a, there's more than a little bit of seed of doubt of, it can't be that good. 
boy, I, I, you know, I, I'm singing the song, you know, I, you know I, oh, I want to see him and look upon his face, there to be forever. We, 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 we sing that, but, but oh, you know, I, I, I hope God doesn't play back that part of my life. I hope maybe he has forgotten about that. And it, but, but, but God is like, no, 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 no. I'm looking at you through the lens of my son. I'm not looking at you, you. I'm looking at you through the lens of my son. Second point, confidence brings assurance that God is faithful and will give us those things we ask. As we studied in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus said, talking to the parent, you being evil, and he didn't say you just weren't good. He just, no, you being evil, who want to do good things for your kids, how much more does the Father want to do for you? Why would God want to hold back on anything, on anything? Not the least of which is peace. See? But hear this. The greater the relationship I have with him, the more I don't ask God for silly stuff, like give me the quick six numbers to the lottery. See, that's what, well, anything I ask, so Lord, I need, uh, give me that uh, whatever, fill in the blank. No, 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 no. See, if I have a relationship in him, I want to, as verse 21 and 22 concludes, because we keep his commands and do what pleases him, I desire those things that want to honor him because I'm in relationship with him. Oh, so you're just trying to bamboozle me. You're just trying to see, you're just saying, so, well, you know, uh, he's, God, he's telling you to be content with bland oatmeal for three times a minute. No, no. As I grow in relationship with my wife, it's not just, oh, I'll do things. I mean, there, is a, there are times when I just do things for her. It's like, well, you know, she wants, she wants this. I really don't care for that. But because I love her, I'll do that. That's what love does. But as we grow in relationship, I start to like the things she likes, desire the things she likes. How much more with God? How, mu how much more with God? It's, as I get to come in fellowship with him, it's not a matter of, well, well God, uh, yeah. what is it we do? Let me just say this and I'm done. We don't, we don't necessarily want to do what pleases God, a lot of times we just want to do the things that keeps us out of hell. That's all. That, that's all. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Well, you know, well, this is permissive. You know, God, God, you know, hey, you know, I could have chosen. I had this choice or this choice. I chose this. I didn't get zapped. So it must have been Okay. That's poor logic. It doesn't work in, let me just, let me just help, help the brothers out. It's a, it doesn't work in relationships, and it definitely doesn't work with God. That is not going for the perfect. What is it you want? I want to please you. Not out of just some rote, just, oh, well, yeah, just check the box. No, 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 no. I want to please you. I want to do the things that honor you, Father. What is it you want for my life? What is it? Career choice. Job choice. Having kids or not having kids. What honors you, God? I'm done.
what am I saying? You are your father's child. That's what I'm saying. We need to recognize, we really need to recognize that we are God's sons and daughters. He loves us. He loves us so incredibly so. And what he wants to do is give us that peace that we so lack and desire, particularly within the body of Christ. There is no reason within the body of Christ for us not to have the peace, as Jesus said, that passes all understanding. The one, verse 24, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. This is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. The Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of you will keep your heart, will keep your mind at peace. All hell could be breaking loose all around you. All around you, and you're still at peace. I don't understand why so-and-so, you know, it's like they've experienced, you know, job layoff, there's death in the family, uh, there's sickness here, but yet they maintain their integrity. But they must be some strong people. No, it's, it's trust me. No, I'm not that strong. It's the God in me that allows me to do the things that I do. Nobody's that strong. Well, you know, I've, 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 you know, I've been just able to pull up my bootstraps and I, I, can, I can deal with it. Well, that storm just hasn't come your way, which it will, if you depend on your own strength, will drive you to your knees. Then what will you do? Then what will you do? Then what will you do? I'm not that smart. I'm not that wise. I'm not that strong. The song goes, I need thee. I need thee. 